you can use that self-publishing as a kind of a, a way like, see, I'm a published author. Now I can come be on your show and it can get you a place to get on stages. So it can really help with credibility, especially in helping you get some more warm leads. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. This podcast is brought to you in part by Article. Article is an online-only furniture company offering beautiful modern products that are high quality, stylish, and made to last. For more information, head on over to article.com slash article for trade. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla Jethro Powell. And today we're talking all things Amazon. For your interior design business, are we doing a store on Amazon? Are we going to be a thought leader and write a book on Amazon? Maybe after you hear today's guest, Robin Johnson, you just might go that route. She's not only uh, hilarious and a fellow Star Wars geek, but she's brilliant. And she has a ton of takeaways here, if that is something that you are into. She definitely gave me some light bulb moments and um, getting a little bit closer to self-publishing that book. And I think I'm going to call her up to help me out with that. But before we get into that, we have some housekeeping. Wingnut Academy is right around the corner, launching our very first course, Instagram for interior designers, beginners, and intermediate. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy to sign up for updates for when that launches. Three lucky interior designers are going to be getting that for free if you follow us on Instagram at Wingnut Social, you'll see that contest come up. So good luck to you if you're one of the lucky winners. It is going to be a truly amazing course just delineated specifically for marketing your interior design business on Instagram using the exact same systems and processes and strategy and practices that we use to inform our marketing decisions on behalf of our very happy and very successful full service interior design clients. If you haven't heard episode 258 with Julianne Hendrickson of the podcast, go back and check that out. Uh, a real life living and breathing testimonial. And we're so proud of her. So uh, also every month, the Wingnut webinars, you want to go to wingnutsocial.com, check out the Academy and the little drop down there. You can sign up for the next Wingnut webinar. I don't have the topic for you as I'm recording this right now, but if uh, you go check that out, you should see it. Those are absolutely free and the reviews are coming in from those are extraordinarily, extraordinarily good. Very, very helpful. Now y'all know what time it is. It's time for Men in News, Men in News Sesh. Yeah. yeah. All right, this week, we're welcoming back Emily Lisi to the mini news. Emily, today you have more Instagram news. What you got? Yes. So Instagram is once again testing out a new feature. And this feature is a link and bio tool. But it's not just any link and bio tool. It's an actual link feature on your Instagram profile that will let you link to multiple links. Oh, wow. So it's actually supported by Instagram. That is pretty cool. How did we find out about this? Yeah, it was actually discovered by one of a very reliable app researcher who has found several other features that Instagram has been working on in the past and that have become features. So he's pretty reliable. It, there's no telling if this is going to be an actual official feature, but it's definite that they're testing it. 
so this is like a mole. Is this like Instagram leaks? <laughs> like a source? <laughs> okay, really cool. Okay, so Instagram official kind of their take on link and bio to kind of mitigate having that third party feature. Walk us through what that could look like. So right now you can only have one link in your bio. And what this will do is it will allow you to put multiple links. So instead of just linking to your website homepage, you can link to specific, you know, landing pages, lead magnets you might have, maybe new blog posts that you've posted, or even other social media profiles. So this is going to be really helpful to drive traffic to where you're trying to get your audience to go. What do you think are some of the advantages of having it directly through Instagram versus a link in bio or bubble up like I have? It's going to help the user experience, or it might make the user experience better, kind of make the flow to your website have fewer obstacles that the user has to go through. Because right now, if you use a link in bio tool, like Linktree, like you said, or bubble up, people have to click to load to that page, that landing page with all of those links, and then they have to click again to whatever page they want to go to. So there's just kind of an extra barrier there to the user experience and flow. So with this, it's going to be easier for that user to go directly to the page that you're trying to link them to. So basically fewer steps to get to your website, which is always better. Yeah, that is always better. And anything Instagram approved is, uh, you know, they always like you to play with their new toys. So what are some disadvantages that you see maybe? It's not going to be as pretty. So if you know things like Linktree or even having your own landing page on your website with multiple links, you can brand it, you can make it look pretty, Mm -hmm. um, you can customize it. With this, it's going to be just a a little page that scrolls up and shows you the straight up links that you can go to. Now, Instagram might change this in the future, we don't know, but right now the way it looks is not as customized. And another thing is that it doesn't look like you can edit the call to action text on the links, which for me, I, I think that's the biggest drawback because with tools like Bubble Up and Linktree, tools like that, you can generally edit the text on the button so that it has a call to action to, to tell people where they're actually being linked to. Yeah. And that's important instead of seeing a whole bunch of like WWW string of nonsense sometimes, right? Okay, cool. This isn't out just yet. They're just testing it. Have you? Have, do we know anyone that has this yet? Nope. It's kind of like a secret feature that they've dug into and found. Super secret. <laughs> what were you going to say before I cut you off? It might be the case that this feature comes out and people still use their Lincoln bio tools. It really depends on how nice Instagram makes it and how attractive they can make it and compete with the current Lincoln bio tools that are already out there that you can do a yeah. lot with. So you could save maybe five or 10 or 15 bucks a month, however much those cost, if it's worth it. All right. Remains to be seen. Thank you for joining us again, Emily. We'll see you next time. Many new sash. Yeah. All right. Let's get into my conversation with Robin Johnson. But first, let me tell you about this super cool lady. Robin has been heralded as one of the country's foremost leaders on the topic of selling and marketing products on Amazon.com. Robin has been a guest on shows like Entrepreneurs on Fire, Confessions of a Marketer, and is a Sam Rush Academy professor. That is super impressive. That's a whole bunch of SEO stuff. That means she's really super smart, which you're going to find out. Robin is the co-founder of Marketplace Blueprint, a digital agency that specializes in listing optimization and advertising on, yes, Amazon. Yes, you guessed it. She has over a decade of experience of selling online on Amazon, eBay, and other e-commerce venues. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Robin Johnson to the show. 
Hey there, Robin Johnson. Welcome to the show. How the hell are you? I am so excited to be here, and I'm, I love getting to share from my nerdy wisdom of being on Amazon way too long, and so I'm, I'm excited to be here. I am excited to have you here, and this is a topic we have not in 262 episodes discussed on the show, Amazon Shop. So I'm super, super stoked to dig in with you, and because you know everything there is to know about Amazon Shops, right? Speaking of nerdy, you're a fellow Star Wars nerd in the green room. We were talking about that. So I love that very much. Welcome, welcome. I already feel like we're best of friends. (laughs) (laughs) So let's dive in. Just tell us a little bit about who you are, who you help, what you do, and uh, we'll, we'll see how Amazon Shops can help our audience. Yeah. So I actually started my business because I was a youth minister and I loved what I did, but I couldn't make ends meet. You know, they say when you work for a church, the benefits are out of this world because the pay is not. So I started, I took a hundred dollars and it felt like a million dollars. And I started buying things at garage sales and reselling them on Craigslist and then eBay and then Amazon. In about three years, I had turned that hundred dollars into a million dollar business. And we uh, started, you know, we were buying things at, at one point I was even buying things at Disneyland and reselling them. Don't tell Disney. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> If you're from Disney, I don't do that. I've performed. But then we started buying things wholesale. And we realized that Amazon was a really big, big problem for brands. And so uh, what we did is we started an agency about six years ago. So I I had been coaching a lot of high volume Amazon sellers. uh, But now we work with companies that, you know, some, you know, very small pre-launch, you know, um, we do like everything from home goods to groceries and up to publicly traded companies. So companies that are very large, that have a big presence, a lot of companies that are in you know, Costco, Walmart, uh, Home Depot, all of that good stuff. So it's been a really, really fun ride. Okay, so most of my audience are on the smaller business size, right? We yes. have a lot of firms that are in the multi-million dollar range, but most of them I would say are comfortably in that million to maybe just just approaching a million or maybe a little bit over. And they have already dabbled in affiliate marketing. They're dabbling in maybe a side door or selling some product through their website directly. Tell me how Amazon shops would benefit interior designers or how it differs from a couple of those things that I, I mentioned. Especially if somebody develops a personal brand and they have a following. So maybe you've been working really hard to kind of help develop that personal brand. One, you can use Amazon as a place to self-publish. And that can be a great place, especially if you're trying to get exposure into certain markets. You can use that self-publishing as a kind of a, a way like, see, I'm a published author. Now I, I can come be on your show. And it can come get, get you a place to get on stages. So it can really help with credibility, especially in helping you get some more warm leads. So don't kind of shortchange the power of uh, Kindle. And you, you can actually print physical books. When I did my first book, what I would do when I spoke was I would print a copy of the book for everybody at the conference. And so because people will throw a business card away, but they won't throw a book away for the most part. Uh, and it only cost me like three or $4 to have a book print at the time. Uh, and so it, it gave them something memorable. It created me as an authority figure, really did help. And then as if you've been starting, you, you have a, a following, then you can also start to create some of your own branded products. You might have found that found that you use the same piece over and over again. And you might be able to contact that brand and say, well, let me, you know, can I do a white labeled version of this? And then you could sell that as part of your personal brand. Um, So there are a lot of companies that are very open to that. You can also look at it as a great place to be if you're looking for somebody who is, you know, a brand that's trying to find influencers, looking at brands that maybe already are active on Amazon, maybe they're doing things like posts and stuff like that. If you're different, they're doing posts on Amazon, they're doing social media, they're probably interested in 
some sort of uh, influencer. And I will talk, I talk to a lot of brands and most of them are embarrassed to ask you. They're afraid. They're, <laughs> they're worried true. that they're going to burn you. They, they just don't want to have a bad impression. So I, I think that most of them would be delighted to have somebody say, I love my, I love your product. You have an influencer program. The worst they're going to say is no, but oftentimes they're going to say yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that's true. And to be fair, there's a lot of spam that arrives in our interior designers inboxes. Yes. Myself and and peers, my friends, my compatriots uh, offering some really crappy influencer <laughs> products. Yeah. So it's like, at first, you're like, Oh, wow. And then after a while, you kind of catch on. You're like, Egh. yeah, so I understand that getting burnt. So I, I, I let's go back a little bit. I lo- love the idea of the thought leadership, right? And the authority position in self-publishing on Amazon. And that isn't a direction that I thought we were going to go here, but I love it. I'm, I'm here for it, as well as the shops. And what my good friend, Luann Nagara of A Well-Designed Business has done that really well. She has three books in self-published, bestseller on Amazon. I'm a co-author in the li- latest one. Thank you. So go check that out. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a really good idea. So from an interior designer's standpoint or an architect's standpoint, to do a self-published book on there, would that be more, would you recommend that to be more of a, a decorate and design how-to, a biography kind of situation? What are we looking at there? So I would look at what is your ideal customer most interested in. So don't write what you think your colleagues would find most interesting. You're operating in your design space at like a 10 or an 8 or, you know, wherever you feel you are. Most people think when they bring it down to their customers, they need to bring it down to like a 4 or 5. You really need to bring it down to the 1 because, as you can see from the clutter behind my desk, like I'm not a designer, right? So (laughs) the way that I compose things looks the way that I want it to be, but I don't know. It would look so much better if I just did X. So thinking about who your target customer is, what what kind of research did they do? So I would go to your best customers. The customers are like, man, if I could clone these people, I would be I would be happier. I would be more profitable. And, you know, say, you know, can I buy you a cup of coffee or, you know, can we, can, can I just jump on a call with you? I want to know what kind of research did you do before you started to look for me? What questions were you trying to get answered? And then answer those questions. Because somebody's thinking, well, I can't do that because I'm not a good writer. You can pay people to write for you. <laughs> Ooh, ghostwriting. Now, I would not say, hey, a random person on the internet, write me a book about interior design because it will be horrible. You know, don't do that. But what I usually do is I will outline, like I was going to put together a, a class on what I want to what I want to share in the book. And then I just talk through it and record it. And there's some that will do, you can do interviews and they'll do it that way. Um, But if you're looking for a service that I've used in the past, uh, writersaccess.com, you can get great writers. You can use them for your blogs as well. Again, I don't recommend you just tell them to go write whatever, but you know, if you can give them an outline or give them say like, these are the resources I'd like you to pull from. Here's my blogs. Can you take these blogs and recompose them into a book? Then you're going to pay per word for that. But for me, that's worthwhile and it's still my my thoughts, and then I go back and edit it and put my voice in a little bit. I love that. We have a lot of listeners who are excellent bloggers who have a whole book in their blog. And I'm thinking of you, Jerry Cerruti, if you're listening to this, she's in Italy (laughs) right now, but she is a brilliant writer. That would be a terrific idea to put that, her musings, her thoughts, her design, or for anyone out there doing that. We also have a lot of listeners who are B2B, right? They're interior design coach, they're vendors, their ideal client are other interior designers. Are we still breaking that down in the same way? Ideal 
ideal client? Yeah, because then your ideal client isn't going to be an end consumer. Your ideal client is going to be, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's a designer. Maybe they've had 10 to 15 good contracts, but, you know, enough to say, like, I'm, I'm ready to go the next step, but they're they're concerned. Give them a good, enough information where there's value in the book. But I will tell you, I'm friends with many New York Times bestselling authors, and most of them don't make the bulk of their earnings off of their book. Right. So, you know, it's it's going to be on the funnels that are on the back end of the book. So it's going to be things like, you know, maybe you have something that, uh, you know, an advanced course. And, you know, so you're, you kind of have to look at what can I do in my book to get people to sign up for my email address, uh, email list as mm-hmm. well. So maybe provide com- things completely free as part of the book where they, they, you know, they join the link from the book, then they can get onto your email list. And from there, you can work on pursuing them to get to know them better to see if they're a good potential client for you. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a funnel, a lead magnet, lead gen. And Luann Nagarish, when she was on our show um, of a well-designed business who has the book on Amazon, she admitted the same. It's not She's not going to get rich off the book so much, but what it does is it helps to give her credibility and gravitas for speaking engagements for her podcast and gives her that, that credibility as a thought leader. I love it. I love it very much. Is there a certain dollar amount or a level of place in business or a level of success you should be before you even consider doing that? Or can anyone just hop out the gate and and get going with that? Whatever you do, the first one you do, you're going to be embarrassed about it. (laughs) You're not going to look back in 10 years and be like, wow, that first book I wrote. Wow. You're going to be like, wow, I knew nothing, nothing. What was I doing writing? You just need to know that that's going to be how you feel at some point, and that's okay. As long as you're transparent with your journey with people, people will say, okay, well, that was an early work, right? And so, but I think that you want to make sure you have something of value to say, but don't think like, well, I need to change the whole industry. When you're talking to your potential clients, is there something that you feel that you're answering over and over again? So think about your last consult calls and what are the questions that people ask over and over and over again that you can say, look, I, you know, you can answer this and say, I actually wrote about this in my book in more detail. If somebody has a choice between going for somebody who's a published author uh, versus somebody who just has some pictures and portfolio, then I think that that's going to provide something. Also, never ever read your reviews on Amazon unless you really hate yourself. I mean, like, seriously, people are like middle school girls are like, wow, those reviewers are mean. Mean girls. Yes. Think about what you can say, but you're really not writing it to change the industry. You're writing it to make sure that maybe the questions that people might have that are maybe, but they're not ready for a consult, can they get their questions answered that way? So I would think that if you are published, even if you're self-published on Amazon, your perceived value definitely goes up as far as what you can charge for client or, or, or that kind of thing. Am I wrong or is that just me? One, most people don't realize how easy it is to publish a book on Amazon. But two, it's easy compared to what it was. You know, we don't have to bust out the Gutenheim. You know, it's, it's a lot easier than it was before. But still, <laughs> taking the time to write a book and be vulnerable, being vulnerable enough to put it out there into the world is something that most people will never do. And so it does give you an advantage because it's something that so few will do. Okay, I have a technique question for you. So I've heard in the industry that uh, Amazon, there's a trick you to be like number one bestseller is to put your book out there for like pennies to get that volume out there to so you can say number one bestseller before you start charging for it. Is that a technique? Does it work? Yes. <laughs> So let me explain that. I know that sounded like whale from Finding Nemo, but, you know, 
let me kind of explain my hesitation with that. Okay. So in general, so when we type things into Google, Google wants us to learn more. You know, it includes things like dwell time and, you know, how long did they stay on the site? You know, we need fresh content. Amazon doesn't care about that. Amazon says, what will you buy? It is the greediest little search engine out there. So Amazon search engine is incentivized to try to get you to click the add to cart button. So when they're trying to decide, Amazon's search engine is trying to decide what to put at the top of search. It looks at for this keyword phrase, when you're clicking, click typing something in for this phrase, what's the most likely product that's going to get a conversion. So in general, the more conversions you get, the more conversions you get on Amazon. So sometimes you do have to kind of prime the pump a little bit. You can do that with advertising. You can do that by sending your email link to purchase a product. So this is true for books and for non-books. Now, you can get a lot of conversions with like doing like a, a penny sale. However, it's not a long-term strategy. And let yeah. me tell you, you know, a lot of people think you need to sell 4 million copies to be a bestseller on Amazon. Holy if you cow. pick a subcategory, you know, so you're picking like, you know, women in design, you know, that's your subcategory. You might only need 20 sales in a day to be an Amazon bestseller. It doesn't take a lot. So, ah, so it's all relative. Yeah. So the smaller the category the easier it is to be a, a bestseller in that category. So think about that as you're picking your, your category. Make sure it's relevant, of course. And then, you know, this is the time to say, hey, look, house cleaning lady or my mom's best friend that I helped move that one time, you know, you're going to buy my book. <laughs> and we're all going to buy my book on the same day so I can say I'm a bestseller. Maintaining that over a period of time is a little bit harder. Yes, you can do that, but that's only going to get you to the top of search for one day. So you can do that, but it's not really sustainable. So what I would recommend more is just try to write a really good book, you know, have people naturally get reviews. And you're not really trying to have customers find you. It's always great if people are, you know, typing in, if you can create a title and a book that's appealing enough to a niche audience where it's a, you know, a group of people that might discover you on Amazon. But remember, the reason you, most people write these books is to help with credibility. Yeah. And the content of the book, if it's valuable, and there's some takeaways, and they build that relationship with you there, you're going to be top of mind moving forward with whatever services you have to offer. Have you guys checked out article.com yet? I have to tell you, when I was doing full-time interior design, they were a lifesaver. I was able to order beautiful pieces at a very reasonable price point. An article offers unparalleled value thanks to their DTC pricing, members-only volume discounts, and flat rate shipping. Have you guys seen the cost of shipping now? <laughs> Not only that, but if you don't have a loading dock on there, a lot of vendors won't even ship to your house. So imagine how stress-free that's going to be when you're filling, you're completing a project or specifying furnishings and accessories. And you don't have to worry about that nonsense, client pushback on the shipping rates. It's just a really nice way to round out your design choices, especially if you're doing some high-low design, because Article offers some really competitive prices and their stuff is gorgeous. I'm telling you, go to darlapal.com and check out some of the portfolios there. You'll see some of the stuff that I've used at Article and the clients are very, very happy. Interior designers, architects, and other design professionals can join Article's exclusive trade program, Article for Trade. Article for Trade offers full project support, and you can see them really as an extension of your team. Their customer service is really, really, really amazing. So right now, 
you guys get an exclusive offer when you sign up for the Article for Trade program at article.com slash article for trade. You'll get free shipping on your first order. That's article.com forward slash article for trade to sign up and receive free shipping on your first order. If you listen to episode 258 with Julianne Hendrickson, then you know we do a kick-ass job marketing for our interior design clients. That's one way to go, is to have us do full-service marketing for you guys. But did you know that we also have a standalone strategy, your digital marketing playbook for all things digital marketing on social or even on the Googles, on the internet, on your website? So if you are not in a position to delegate your full-service digital marketing to a firm like ours, maybe it's not in the budget, or maybe you have an intern or a junior designer out there twiddling her thumbs, maybe she needs to make up a 20 or 30 hours a week because it's a full-time job. I'm not kidding. Hand them the digital marketing strategy and say, here, this is how Wingnut does it. This is how they do it for their clients. And they're so successful. Replicate that with this strategy. All right, so I'm being a little simplistic there, but they are the exact same strategies, philosophies, techniques, positioning, value propositions, content pillars, content mix that we comprise on behalf of our full service clients. The only difference is, is that we actually implement them for you. So if you want to just get the digital marketing strategy and stop throwing stuff at the wall, stop the spray and pray and just hoping someone finds you on Instagram, finds you on your social channel head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out our social media audit, social media strategy under services, and we will be happy to help you out. It is worth every penny. And we have the reviews that say that exact same thing. That's wingnutsocial.com. We're the very best at what we do. Real marketing, real results. Does Amazon work in a similar way to Google with their SEO, their search engine optimization? Are they keyworded similarly when creating a title? Do you have to think about that? The keywords in the title are very important. So Amazon is very keyword driven. It's more about the root keywords. So you can do white chocolate fudge, and then you would still show up for white fudge and white chocolate fudge. So you don't have to necessarily have them in every order. So you don't need to be like, my book on designing, my my designing book for, but you know, you don't have to, don't have to repeat the same phrases in different orders. Adding some keywords, making sure your, your title is keyword rich can help. And same thing for the description around your book, making sure you're really, and there's this little section to include keywords in that listing. Really think about the keywords that are going to bring you the best customers. Don't look for the thing that you think people are searching for the most, Mm -hmm. but think about each keyword as a door that customers can find you. And so which door is going to have customers behind it, but more importantly, have the most customers that have the most likelihood of buying from you. Love it. Thank you for that. I love all this information. I've actually been kicking around writing a book. So this I was picking your brain on a personal level too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so let's let's turn that over to shops. So at what point, how large of a following does someone have to have or how many items should someone have access to in order to even consider having a shop or putting products on Amazon? What does that even look like? I'm telling you, I don't know from this. Let's say that you decided that, you know, I tend to use these same elements in a lot of my designs, so I'm going to purchase them wholesale. You could list as little as one thing on Amazon. That's not a problem. There are some brands that are more particular about 
where they want their products sold. So make sure you, especially if it's an important brand for you, you don't want to do anything that would upset them. But sometimes they're more than happy to have you do that. So if you have product that you've created or you're reselling products, you know, as soon as you, you basically have to sell at least 40 items per month to break even on the, the $40 a month cost to be a professional seller. And then Amazon takes anywhere from 8 to 20% of the total cost of the product. Most categories, it's 15%. And then there's going to be, if you use Amazon, where Amazon ships it for you, which is what I would recommend, then that's going to be fee based off the size and weight of the product, but it's probably going to be cheaper than you shipping mm-hmm. the product yourself. You kind of want to think about those things. There are some storage fees. So we don't want to oversend stuff into Amazon. It's not a storage locker. So, but, and there's a lot to learn about Amazon, but it can be a really great place if you can say, well, I can sell six of these a month and then I can use the rest of my design elements that I'm working with clients. Then it can help lower your costs overall and increase your margins, especially because there can be such a big difference between wholesale and retail pricing. Yeah. So that was my next question. Can you put items in the store that you have purchased wholesale and you're making your own whatever determined margins from them? Or do you have to go from Amazon's links and link to the store? Are you limited in any way? For the most part, you can list any product that you buy authentically through legitimate channels, you can list on Amazon. There are a lot of restrictions. So, you know, things you have a product that maybe has a safety or counterfeit issue concern, then sometimes they will gate those. A lot of brands will send you things saying, please don't sell it on Amazon. We're trying to sell it on Amazon. We're trying to get good data. So, you know, you want to ask them if it's okay. But from Amazon's perspective, as long as the good is authentic, you're more than welcome to sell it. And they would like you to sell it at the lowest price possible at all. All times. But you can sell it, you can list it at any price that you want. You don't have to, but if you Amazon feels the price is too high, then they might make it a little more difficult from customers to buy. Is there an advantage to having an Amazon store with these exact same products, my exact same white label line, Darla Powell Home on Amazon versus Darla Powell Home at DarlaPowell.com? What what would why would anyone go off their own website to do that? On your own website, you're gonna get better margins. So when you're driving traffic, it makes better sense to send it to your own website the majority of the time. Mm-hmm. However, uh, if I know that maybe I have a product that is in demand, so I've created something new that pe- people are looking for. In fact, you, I have tools where I could actually go search Darla Powell on Amazon and see are people searching for your product already on Amazon? Because there are some people that only shop on Amazon, and if they can't get it on Amazon, it doesn't exist. So they're going to be buying competitors. So if you're trying to get some of access to some of those customers. Amazon does have a ready-made base of buyers. So it can be a great place to test new products, to look and see, get some people who are already looking to purchase, but maybe don't feel comfortable purchasing from a Facebook ad or from a direct website. So there can Mm -hmm. be a lot of opportunities there as well. So they can help you grow your brand because there's a, a level of trust already with Amazon. There might be buyers that might be hesitant to buy off other platforms that would be willing to buy on, on Amazon. Is it a good idea to have them in both places on your website and Amazon? Is there any conflict there? Nope. I would recommend having both of them. And then you drive your email sales and you drive any like Facebook traffic, any Google shopping feed stuff to your website. There are ads. If you wanted to drive ads on Amazon, there are some really, you know, that's one of the things that we do is we help 
customers drive their products on Amazon. Um, but you can do that as well. You can do it without that on some products. Some products are very competitive. So you, in mm-hmm. order to really sell, get your product launched on Amazon, you would really need to have some ads in order to get it launched. And that's one thing that we, you know, that we help brands to look at is, is, is this worthwhile? Is there a potential mm-hmm. for profitability or, you know, right now OXO's got this handled. We, you know, we don't need any more spatulas. We're good. Right. Is there any kind of tools for research as far as pricing to make sure that you're not pricing yourself out of Amazon? And what if you have something for an interior design accessory or something, you're selling it on your website at a certain margin, but then you go over to Amazon, you say, oh, gosh, they can get it for 100 bucks less. Is it better just to kind of stay off of Amazon then and not have it in both places? And how do we even begin to research that? So if it's something like your spatula is $100 more, and there's really nothing special about your spatula, and you're not you know, you're not Williams Sonoma. So people people will pay extra for a coach spatula, I'm sure, because it's I'm coach, sure. you know, yeah. unless you have some sort of prestige around your brand, which which you might, then if significantly lower, your product doesn't have any unique selling properties, then I would say, you know, not worth it on Amazon. If your product is a more luxury item, if it's better made, if it's got better packaging, if it's got a unique selling purpose, or you've got enough clout around your name that people specifically want your brand because it they know it will work with X component or something along those lines, then it's still worth worth another look on Amazon. So if you have something that's very unique or artistic or handcrafted or artisan or something, that, that could be something to consider. I mean, something that's irreplaceable or something that can't be copied pretty easily, I would think. They have a custom program. They have a handmade program. Honestly, handmade is a little rough. And so sometimes people are better off on Etsy, but they have those options that are available. But anything where you've got like any intellectual property too. And if you know that people are knocking off your stuff, you want to be on Amazon and you want to use the tools to get them off Amazon because they're stealing your customers and then they will become what customers come to expect and you will get taken out of the marketplace altogether. So be sure to be proactively defending things things that you have intellectual property around. Amazon will support you in that. Oh, that sounds like a lot of work. Is it worth it to set up a a legit store with markup versus just linking to Amazon stuff and getting your meager five or 10% or whatever it is? So this is the thing that, especially as a business owner, you have to think about what does my yes cost me? You say yes to Amazon. What are you going to say no to? And if it's going to say no to a client that pays you $20,000 to say yes to maybe making a $2,000 on Amazon, that doesn't make sense. So if you've got right now nothing but time and you've got a great product that really fits, then I think it would make sense. Or you've been developing a product line and you're really looking to expand that, it makes sense. Amazon is a wonderful place. I live there. I breathe there. It's wonderful. And it's got a lot of headaches. And so you might already have enough headaches and not enough Excedrin. So if that's the case, I would stick with your design-related headaches and not add the Amazon headaches on top of it unless you have a partner to help you with that. Yeah, I can tell you there's a lot of existing headaches already (laughs) (laughs) in the industry. I'll tell you what, but uh, hey, maybe someone's a glutton for punishment or, you know, if you have that special thing that is aligned just with you and your brand and think you can do it, knock it out. Where do they start? What, What are the first steps to set up their shop? 
Well, if you're so to sell a, a physical products on Amazon outside of books, you're going to go to sellercentral.amazon.com and you're going to follow the prompts. They are going to ask for everything short of a blood sample. So you know, mail a thing to your address. You have to do a video conference. You got to link a credit card to so they can charge your card. They will go through a whole rigmarole. Then I would start at Seller University. They've got some YouTube Amazon Seller University. Make sure you're looking for the branded Amazon stuff. Go through some of their trainings. You know there are lots of videos on YouTube. YouTube, but a lot of them are older. So if you see an Amazon training that's over six months old, unless it's still up on the Amazon channel, I would assume that it's out of date and always cross-reference to find something newer. Things just change really fast on Amazon. So the thing that worked a year ago could get you suspended today. <laughs> wow. We don't want that. No papals, no suspensions. Yeah. And if someone is out there and they have a great book in their head, what's the very first step they should take to accomplish that? So I think it's KDP, but let's just say, so go to Google and say, type in Amazon KDP or Kindle Direct Platform, uh, and okay. then it will t- walk you through that. Uh, and then you can see the pricing. Um, you can do color books too. So you can include color pages if you wanted to use imagery. You cannot do hardcover. That's the only thing that for designers, I know the coffee table books aren't, you're not yeah. able to do that on Amazon um, with their self-publishing right now. As an author, you can get one or two hard coffee covers, but the pricing differs depending on the color of the pages, the kind of paper you use, and whether the color are black and white, how thick the page is, how how big your book is, of course, is going to obviously have things, but uh, you'll get the specs for designing. And honestly, you can get somebody on Fiverr to help you design the cover. You know, just like with your clients, the more over-communicate with your, your designer, let them know what you like, what you don't like, so you don't have to go through 1,400 revisions. I love it. Or you can just call Rizzoli and say, hey, can you produce my coffee table book? Yes. <laughs> Good luck with that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't worry. Don't fret. All of this minutia and details and notes will be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. Just look for this episode with Robin Johnson. Robin, is there anything that I've forgotten to ask you that you think uh, we need to tell the listeners before we get into the what up wingnut round? When it comes to Amazon, first, if you really want to sell on Amazon, I read the 14 guiding principles of Amazon. It's just like a LinkedIn post that uh, talks about how it makes you understand better why Amazon sets the policies that it does. And then take the time to really research. Amazon, one of those guiding principles is that you, you can't say, I didn't know. They expect you to do your due diligence. So you need to actually have a plan. So if you need to get a consultation, if you need to talk to people, if you need to do some research, do that first because Amazon doesn't take, well, I didn't bother to take the time to research that very kindly. So make sure you do your due diligence before you really get started on Amazon. Make sure it's profitable for you to be on Amazon. I was a cop before I became an interior designer, before I became a marketing uh, agency owner, and ignorance was not a defense. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Never, not once. All right. Thank you so much for that. Now I have to ask you, are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? Sure. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? I want it to be full out. Like, <laughs> I like it. she played it full out. She didn't hold anything back for later. She just gave it everything they had. Like, it, my kids to know that I gave them everything that I had for them and that I wanted them to have a life that was full out as well. Love it. You're stuck on a deserted island, but you can have your one favorite food forever. What's it going to be? You know, I think that if I can just have like pizza, because then I can I can find like the berries and I can change it up a little bit, you know, versus, you know, like chocolate chip cookies sound great for like four days and you're like, oh, no. I cannot eat another darn cookie. <laughs> Berry pizza. Got yes. it. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had an impact on you either personally or professionally. 
So I read uh, Walt Disney, The Triumph of an American Imagination by Neil Gabler. It is like 75 inches wide. It's huge. But what I love about it is... You know, I, if people think about Walt Disney as like the ultimate success story, like like the shining star on the hill. But most people don't realize he almost lost his company like three times. He almost went bankrupt. He failed here. He made this big mistake in the way he put his contract together here. And reading all of that made me say, oh, it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes. And, you know, that's part of the process. And uh, it helped give myself a little bit more grace as an entrepreneur and made it easier for me to play full out because I could see like, even if I fall, if I can get back up, that's what's most important. I love it. And you're right. I don't think anyone has recommended that one yet. What was the title again? Walt Disney, The Triumph of the American Imagination by Neil G-A-B-L-E-R. Awesome. Robin Johnson, please tell us where we can go to find out more about you and your services, and then we will call it a day. Yeah, if you're interested, you can go to marketplaceblueprint.com. And if you go to marketplaceblueprint.com forward slash show, if you have a listing that's already up on Amazon, there's a, like a 20-page listing guide to kind of help you with that. And then I'll, if you there's a place to sign up for a free audit where I can do like a, like a quick five-minute video saying, this is what I think you could improve on your listing, or like you've got it, you're an A-plus student, you can sit in the front row. So we can help you to see if there's anything else we can do to help you improve your presence on Amazon. Awesome. In the front row. Do you remember that commercial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Robin Johnson. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay. So what did you think about that? Um, that seems like a pretty viable option. If the circumstances are right and you have the right product to put over there on amazon.com to have a shop, I mean, I guess you have to figure out if it outweighs the, the ass pain component of the whole thing and the shipping and the returns and the pricing. But if you have something that people are searching for and it's unique enough, so it's not, uh, you're not competing with every Tom, Dick and Harry on Amazon, that could be a thing. And definitely, I mean, a worst case scenario is to lead traffic to your website to build that brand awareness, that reach and that knowledge. It can't hurt. I really was impressed with the, the book part right? And that was actually a direction I wasn't aware that we were going to go with the show because when originally in the green room, we, we were discussing Amazon shops, but a really a lot of terrific insight on if you're going to be a thought leader on self-publishing a book on on Amazon to get that hook in the door, to become a, a thought leader, a speaker, to show your potential clients, hey, look, did you know I have a decorating book? That makes me the best. <laughs> Maybe it's not Rizzoli. Maybe it's not hardcover with a whole bunch of colorful pictures in there. Maybe it's more theory. Maybe it's more, you know, something else. But that's it, something, a food for thought, especially if you're in the B2B side of the interior design industry. If you're a coach or if you're, you know, if it's more of an intellectual type of property. And there's always an angle, an intellectual angle you can put on design theory, design aesthetics, design style. So get creative. Think of what you could do to separate yourself out there. And I know there's a lot of you in the audience who have their sights on becoming a thought leader and a speaker or an influencer in that way. And she did say there's ghost writers. Shh. But we don't, you know, shh, we don't tell anyone. <laughs> All right. So that is it for this episode. Make sure you head on over to wingnutsocial.com. Check out Wingnut Academy. That is going to be a super amazing course. Don't forget the Wingnut webinars 
every month, tune into our Instagram channel at Wingnut Social to get more information on that. They are absolutely free. If you are a Wingnut Academy member, by the way, you get unlimited free access to those webinars with purchase of a course. Okay. That's it for this week. Don't forget to head on over to wingnutsocial.com and get your name on the list for Wingnut Academy. Get those notifications when that bad boy launches. You are going to be thrilled. That is a very robust course. Every month, Wingnut webinars absolutely F-R-E-E free. Follow us on social at Wingnut Social to get more details about when those bad boys air. And we'll see you next week. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable and be great. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next week for more business and marketing info and insightful interviews with industry experts and design superstars. Can't wait? Then head on over to wingnutsocial.com for more great content to help you get your business to the next level. Okay, so what did... (laughs) Oh, this might be an edit. (laughs) This might be an edit. What's the word I'm looking for? Credibility. There you go. That's the word. Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had a blooper. (laughs) I always mess this one up. Good boy, Mango.